side voice guy for no reason. Never understood it. ESPN 1100, 100.9 FM. The gang's back together. Ed, Tyler. <laughs> Critiquing yourself. <laughs> Whacking that thing around. Uh, yeah, well, it's just embarrassing. I don't know why the high voice ever. What's about. happened? Like the last couple of weeks, you've been like randomly critiquing your own voice during yeah. our rejoins. It's just, it's embarrassing. I, mean, it's... I don't know what happened. <laughs> I get excited. <laughs> excited to be here. He's just doing his own self-critique. He's just listening to these rejoins, oh, disgusted in his own voice, apparently. Yeah. The only thing I'm not disgusted is whacking that thing around. You're in the press box with Tyler Bischoff and NSMA Nevada Sports Writer of the Year, Ed Graney. It may not mean Daddy had a breakaway. Understand nothing was done for me. So I don't plan on stopping. Any updates? No, nobody's been traded from the Golden Knights yet the last say. couple of minutes. Um, if so, we will let you know. Uh, as the host of a morning radio show, my least favorite thing in sports news is when things get broken at like 11 a.m. on a Friday. Because that means... Well, especially since we go 7 to 10. Right. So that means it's after our show, and then there's an entire weekend, and we don't have anything to talk about it. But one of those events did happen, and it's one of the more significant uh, news breaks in the NFL. Deshaun Watson was traded to the Cleveland Browns uh, over on Friday. Um, he it was originally reported that he was down to Carolina, or excuse me, Atlanta and New Orleans, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Cleveland came back into the picture and traded for Deshaun Watson. Uh, Cleveland uh, sent or received Watson in a fourth. Houston got three first-round picks, a third, and a fourth. Before we get to the actual football side, I mean, have <laughs> NFL fans and media like if we ignored Deshaun Watson's alleged issues? more than we should have like is it, have has it been too focused on the football side and not oh why is Deshaun Watson yeah, available I think so I want to know when Cleveland's going to get the internet in Cleveland because do they know anything about this guy <laughs> did you see they said I mean, they did their yes, own sort yeah. of research okay. and then the lawyer of the women that are uh claiming Deshaun Watson you know sexually assaulted them says I never heard from the Cleveland no. Browns who did they talk to if they did all their research? This is amazing Deshaun to me. Deshaun Watson. They, yeah. <laughs> they talked to the former youth pastor, now head of the Houston Texans, and he says he's a great guy. I I think it's a great question because all we've talked about is where is he getting traded? He's a top quarterback if he comes back. Didn't play all last year, but he was on the field for practice, practice with the team. And we could have, and we sort of put aside the 20 women who've claimed he sexually assaulted them during these massage periods. Yeah. Um he was not indicted by a grand jury. Criminal charges unlikely to happen. I think there still can happen against Deshaun Watson, um, but not at the moment. They can come back there. And then, but he still has, even if there's no criminal charges, there's still the civil case, right? There's still the. Sure, by 20 women. The 20 something depositions yes. he's going he's yes. to do here. Like, there's still the civil part of this. And to tie in the football part of this, that's why everybody assumed, like, we've, this trade has been talked about. From a football standpoint, and it gets thrown in. Oh, yeah, he's going to be suspended. Yeah, well, why is he going to be suspended? Oh, because he's being accused of having assaulted 20 women. And the team that ultimately traded for him did not talk to the lawyer representing those women, which Jesus, man. makes it seem like. I'd love to know how they're, who, who, where their research came right. from. It's another 
sports team that's like, oh, we've done our due diligence. We've done yeah. all this. And in reality, they just are saying that to try to be like, oh, don't worry. We checked it out. We know this is serious. We checked it out. You can trust us. When in reality, you can't trust them because they didn't even talk to the law. You're representing the women. And Cleveland fans who got a top five quarterback believe them. Oh, absolutely. No doubt yeah. about it. Oh, yeah. If you're a fan of a team and, and they you trade get Deshaun Watson, they trade for a questionable guy with a questionable background yeah. or did what Deshaun Watson's accused of doing. And the team comes out and says, listen, we looked into it. Everything's okay. Fans oh, you, of the team you, are going to say, they looked into yeah, it. Absolutely. I, of course. Everything's okay. I mean, there were people, and this is this is not, this is a different thing altogether, but when Adrian Peterson got like, uh, like he, he was hitting his son with a switch and drawing blood, there were Cowboys fans going, trade for him. Trade for him right now. Well, that's the best time to get value for him. Ray Rice punching the girl. Yeah, Ray Rice punching the girl. So you think fans will always, like Jared said, fans will always explain it away if, in fact, he's coming to your team. Yeah, so the Browns traded for him. I mean, in, in all seriousness, if the Raiders had traded for Deshaun Watson, what what are we talking more about throughout the weekend and this week? Are we Are we talking more about how did the Raiders trade for this type of guy with these allegations hanging over his head? Or are we talking more about uh, Deshaun Watson on the field? I think we're talking more about Deshaun Watson on the field. I think we are, too. I, I think we're as, we're as guilty as scene, but the people I think we're that's what we're doing. I mean, I, okay, not to not to say, like, hey, we, we are always the most fair and balanced show. We obviously are. But the one thing that I will say we've been consistent about is, like, uh when lighting the torch, uh, John knowing about oh, letting sure, John the Gruden, whole, the whole like, uh, statement of the Raiders about character. Yeah, yeah, like we would at least address that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we would, but I also think we would. We'd go right, probably back into okay. Now, what does this mean for the team? And is right. he going to be suspended? And obviously, they move. They're going to move Carr, and you know all of that. Right. Which, so yeah, we're as guilty as yeah most people were criticizing because in whatever. Week eight of the season, week nine, whenever whenever his suspension is over, Deshaun Watson's on the field for the Cleveland Browns because not that people should be banned from playing in the NFL for accusations or even committing a crime or whatever, but ultimately Deshaun Watson's going to play again in the NFL, and we're going to be talking about Deshaun Watson on the field at that okay. point. Okay, why did I just completely blink and, and have no idea when it says the entire $230 million was guaranteed? I was like, they not only took him on with all the depositions to come and all the civil suits and, and the fact he's probably going to be suspended, but they fully guaranteed the contract. Like, was I missing something? Five years, $230 million fully guaranteed. Yeah. And what am I missing? From what I've read, the way, it, the way it was structured is this first season, his base salary is only a million dollars because if he gets suspended, that's the only thing he loses. So... Effectively, even if he were to be suspended for the entire year, it sounds like he's still going to get two hundred and twenty-nine million dollars guaranteed That's from the tech, or from astonishing the to me. Browns. I, I yeah. know he's a top five quarterback. I get that, right? But it's just what he's coming off of. Yeah, I mean, Matt Stafford just won a Super Bowl with the Rams and only got one hundred and thirty-five of one hundred and sixty guaranteed. Yeah, like granted, that's still a lot guaranteed, but in a sport where fully guaranteed, like all our other major sports, right? Uh, oh, hockey, NBA, baseball—it's baseball, baseball, fully guaranteed, guaranteed when you sign a, a guy to a contract. Football's the only one where we talk about this stupid. Well, 
140, comma, is, but 40 right. is guaranteed. Devontae Adams is guaranteed after one year, and then by March of 2023, it'll be guaranteed for two more years, right? right? It's the only sport where we do this stupid stuff. Uh, but that's a mechanism as a team that you should be using to your advantage. And in this case, the Browns are most certainly not using it to their advantage because no. they gave the guy they, a fully guaranteed $30 million. And I do, on the idea of where Deshaun Watson ended up, I wonder if that mattered. Like was that in terms of the guarantee money? Like was that Cleveland's sort of like trump card to come in and say, "Hey, oh. we, we know you're looking at Atlanta and New Orleans, but we will gar- give you two thirty fully I mean, guaranteed." It would trump me. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so give me. We did our guarantee. own investigation. Yes. So we're comfortable giving <laughs> yes, you yes, <laughs> yes, because that is like again to go to the football side when maybe we shouldn't. Why did Deshaun Watson choose Cleveland? He had a full no trade clause, so. It's fair to say he chose Cleveland. It, is it simply that fully guaranteed? Because does he go to Cle- Does he think he can win in Cleveland? Like, does he think that the Browns are going to be Super Bowl contenders? Maybe not this year because of the suspension, but like, does he think, yeah, Cleveland, Super Bowl contenders for the next five seasons? Well, what were the other teams? Atlanta, Atlanta, and New Indy? Orleans for the last two. None of them jump out as Super Bowl no, contenders. No, no, no. So maybe that's maybe he, that was he, just the money he looked at it and said, Which, well. They Look, all might be able to be playoff teams, but depending on how less the less guaranteed money there was at other places, yeah. it could have been just that. Yeah. So kind of curious there on that. Um, do you think uh did they get enough for Deshaun Watson here? A first, a third, and a fourth round pick swap. Or three first, excuse well, three me. Three firsts and a fourth Again, round pick. Again, I'd like swap. to know how much he's gonna play. Well, you're gonna get I mean, at least he, the four years out of him. I can't imagine he'd be suspended for more than one full season, which even that would be a shock if it's one full season. Top five quarterback. They got yeah. the fourth pick back. I mean, I if he plays up to his level of what he can play, I don't think it's a bad trade. Three ones and a three, yeah. and then a fourth round pick swap. It's it's I a mean, lot. It's a three first is a lot, but he's top five quarterback. I don't think Houston got enough for Deshaun. Watson. Oh, you wanted him to get more. I think they should they should have gotten more because Deshaun like Watson, a second, a player, like a good actual player in the trade, not just draft picks. I think there there should have been another first-round level asset that was in this trade, and they did not get that. Not that Cleveland did horribly, given that Deshaun Watson didn't play for them all of last year. But, yeah, not the... I, I just don't think... I mean, you say that for Deshaun Watson, you're, you're again, you're potentially having one of the five best quarterbacks in the league for the next five years. And that's, you know, one of the most valuable things you can possibly have in football is one of the top five quarterbacks in the league for an extended period of time. Like even like Tampa Bay with Tom Brady, they've got a top five quarterback in the league for one more season. Right. Maybe. Well, who knows? Yeah. Like, is he going to retire before the season comes around again and then unretire again? Like, yeah. So having Deshaun Watson and having it locked up for five years is uh, tremendous value in terms of what you have on the field. Um, What happens with Baker Mayfield? Well, we were saying Sam Ellinger. Sammy Ellinger's out there in Indy, uh, backed up by Mike Smith or whoever his backup is. We, I, I've never I already heard forgot his name. Some I guy from his Florida name. International. Is, is don't that where he's from? We don't want to know, Jared. Don't look it up. Uh, yeah, that's all uh, I remember. He's from uh, Florida No, I thought you guys were basically saying that the Browns need a quarterback for the first part of this suspension. <laughs> Just keep don't, Baker. Don't they trade until the eighth week. They signed Jacoby Brissett to do that. So... Nah, nah, that's a camp body. I think it's going to be Jacoby Brissett until Deshaun Watson is unsuspended. Um, India's a really good team, other than the fact Sam Ellinger's their quarterback. Man, if you're the Colts, 
Do you really go from Carson Wentz to Baker Mayfield and think you've made I mean, a big enough jump? I guess I guess the question is who else is really out there? Jimmy, is the, is Jimmy the, Garoppolo? Yeah, I'd rather have Garoppolo, right? I'd rather have Garoppolo than, would you, than would you, Baker Mayfield. Would you rather have Mariota? Would you rather I'd, have Mariota or Baker? I'm a big Mariota fan. He's you know, he's a big guy. He's a big guy. He's a big guy. Yeah, a big I actually guy. like Mariota. I only like well one of the reasons I like Mariota. I'm very selfish in the sense that he's so good with the media. <laughs> so I'm gonna say I'd rather have Baker. I'd rather have uh, Marcus Mariota. I think I might too. Yeah. Like I, there's not a great option at the moment, but there's I don't know that you go to Baker Mayfield. And if you're the Browns, I don't know. Maybe you don't care because you don't think he's any good. But do you trade him to an AFC team that you might have to no, beat if you're in the postseason? Yeah. So maybe they are more. They have a little bit of encouragement to send them to the NFC in somewhere like Seattle. Send him to Seattle. Although if you're Seattle or I, Atlanta, to me, if you're Seattle, I don't know what you're doing. If you're trading for Baker, just tank with Drew Locke. Like don't. If you can get a good quarterback, sure. But I wouldn't even bother tanking with Drew Locke. I'd literally just go. Who is the cheapest? Nathan Peterman starting. <laughs> Well, what's funny is you're going to get him somewhere, Jared. I think you could have argued last year that Nathan Peterman was better than Drew Locke. I mean, I probably did make that you argument. Probably, yeah, yeah. I mean, you point. argued he probably he's actually didn't. We didn't remember. You probably argued he's better than Derek Carr. If we did Jared quarterback power rankings in the AFC West last year, it would have been Mahomes Eight. one, Peterman two, <laughs> Herbert Justin three. Herbert three. Well, see, I've got my own metrics. I'm kind of like uh, Bart Torvik, but mine is uh, fun above replacement. <laughs> fun above replacement. <laughs> like, oh. Might not be for your oh, team, but it's fun. I once saw Jameis Winston fall backwards, fumble off his own helmet, r- recover it, and then fumble again. <laughs> Top of the fun shot. He's a fun quarterback. Everybody's got to f- sign him based on f- replacement. <laughs> By Jared Justice. What do we we got to shorten that up? That's too many syllables. Okay, well, I'm Jared Just, Just Jared. Pretty sure that's a like celebrity gossip site, but all right. That's right. Just yeah, yeah. No, but I didn't say the whole thing. Just Jared. There's no T. There's no Ed at the end. But I will. I will also say Ryan Fitzpatrick is the like. He is the line of like like he is the the Mendoza. He's the average, right? So are you more fun than Ryan Fitzpatrick? Yes or no? All right. Coming up next. Oh, it's Bischoff's Briefs. Bischoff's Briefs. I wanted you to see these player evaluations that you asked me to do. Bischoff's Briefs. I asked you to do three. Yeah. Bischoff's Briefs. To evaluate three players. Yeah. How many did you do? Bischoff's briefs. 47. Okay. Actually, 51. I don't know why I lied just then. Coming up a little bit later in the show, we're going to have a couple of tickets to go see Megadeth. So stay tuned if you want to go see Megadeth. And now it's time for Bischoff's briefs because... Carlos Correa signed with the Minnesota Twins, a three-year deal worth just over $35 million per season. Carlos Correa can opt out after the first season and after the second season. He has a limited no-trade clause in 2022 and then a full no-trade clause in 2023 and 2024. And I do not understand what the hell 
happened. I was so, thinking about you when I saw this on Twitter. I'm like, wait, the Minnesota Twins. I am completely confused as to why Carlos Correa is not a Houston Astro yeah. right now. So to recap this whole thing, Carlos Correa entered free agency as the number one or number two free agent. He and Corey Seager were considered the best free agents on the market. Correa reportedly won a 10-year deal. He wanted more than $30 million a year. Seager got 10 years, $325 million. So completely reasonable to think Carlos Correa would get the same or similar to Seager. Lockout came and ended, and apparently nobody wanted to give Carlos Correa a long-term contract after the lockout. The Astros, from their standpoint, they have had, since Jim Crane bought the team in 2010 or 11, their philosophy, they don't, they don't give out long-term contracts. The only time they give out a long-term contract is if they're buying a guy out of arbitration, right, who's, our, who's under team control for like four years. They'll be like, all right, here's a, seven, here's a six-year deal because it's really only two extra years. They don't do long-term contracts. So the idea of Correa getting a 10-year deal from Houston was never really an option. The Astros did offer before the uh, lockout six years, $32 million per season, but Correa wanted more than that. After the lockout ended, when the market for Correa wasn't what Correa wanted – it started to get reported that, hey, he might end up in Houston because he might sign a short-term deal worth a lot of money, but only for right. a couple of years. The Astros, they do short-term deals, right? They they just gave Justin Verlander a one-year deal for $25 million that can become two for $50 million, right? They don't really have a problem signing short-term deals. And then out of nowhere, the Twins signed him for three years and $35 million each season, which should have been the perfect contract for the Astros to give out because a, it's not the long-term 10 year deal that they're afraid of. And B Jose Altuve and Alex Bregman are in a contract for three more seasons. The Houston Astros are going to be playoff and world series contenders for three more seasons. Carlos Correa on a potential one to three year deal matches that window perfectly right you're not paying him when he's 37 which is what they're afraid of with a 10-year deal you're paying him when he's 27 28 and 29 peak of his career when you're trying to win the world series i can't figure it out there's only two things that i could even think of first off that the astros were afraid of the opt-out options that minnesota gave him because again correa can opt out after year one because from carlos correa's standpoint he didn't get the 10-year offer so he's going to go play for minnesota if he's awesome he opts out has a 10-year offer. He signs with whoever and gets his 10-year deal next offseason. Makes sense from a Correa standpoint. But why the Astros wouldn't do that, I have no idea. I, I have no clue why you wouldn't give Carlos Correa a one-year $35 million deal. I cannot figure out why they wouldn't do that. Because if Carlos Correa is awesome and leaves the Astros next offseason for a 10-year deal with some other team, guess what? Carlos Correa was awesome in a year you were trying to win the World Series. I cannot figure that out. So the op, if they're afraid of the opt-outs... They're stupid, and it makes absolutely no sense. The only other thing that's even possible as to why the Astros wouldn't do this, they are currently $33 million under the luxury tax threshold. $35 million would put them $2 million over. Maybe they looked around and said, well, we don't want to go over the luxury tax, and Correa would put us over. But even that is stupid because they've got a couple of bench players that are making $2 million or more that they could have gotten rid of. Right. They could have sent away for some no-name prospect just to lose on the trade, but send him away because, hey, guess what? We got Carlos Correa, and we don't want to go over the luxury tax. And not going over the luxury tax, don't be cheap. Spend some money. Who cares about going $2 million over the luxury tax? 
I cannot, for the life of me, figure out why the Astros would not sign Carlos Correa to a three-year deal with opt-outs for $35 million a season. Hot take? Because everyone says Trey Turner is leaving the Dodgers after this year, that he's going to go back east. <laughs> the Dodgers Correa opts out. Correa opts out after one year, and he goes to the Dodgers for a huge deal. If the Dodgers offer him 10 years, he will. Yes. I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that he will yes. leave for a 10-year deal no matter who gives it to him. Yeah. 10, 10 years and $325 yeah. million or whatever. No doubt in my mind. If the Dodgers do that next offseason, he'll be a Dodger. Assuming nobody else does. He'll be a Dodger. Right. No doubt in my mind. He'll be a Dodger. So there you go. Now, one other thing here. A, I think the Minnesota Twins are the big winners here. They get potentially the best shortstop in baseball, and they didn't commit long-term to him. Like, amazing deal for Minnesota. Sure, he might leave after one year, but if he's awesome, you got one year yeah, of the yeah, best shortstop yeah. in baseball. Ooh, awesome. That that works out. Um, the Astros are the massive losers here because of everything I just said, right? Like, the, o- the only way the Astros aren't massive losers is, one, they win the World Series this year, which, okay, cool, Correa walked and they won the World Series. Or, two, they're counting on a rookie shortstop to play every day if that guy's like really good, like I, even not even like Carlos Correa level, but if he's like eighty percent of Carlos Correa, then you probably look back and say, "All right, you let Carlos Correa walk, and you're paying this guy seven dollars." Yes, and he's giving you almost the same production. If either one of those two things happen, then the Astros can look back on it and say, "Cool." Otherwise, complete failure. I also think Correa's a bit of a loser here too. He wanted ten years and got three. Like yes, he can opt out. Uh, after this he's a year. loser if unless we see after the opt out. Right, he can opt out 10. after this year yeah. and get a ten year deal. But like he did not get that guaranteed big ten year deal. And the reason I think he's a loser is because Corey Seager signed it. Corey Seager signed the exact contract that Correa wanted. Yes, like, there was another shortstop in the class that got what he wanted. Got what he wanted, and so I think you look back on it, and yeah, he might get it after this offseason. He might be this year opt out get the 10 year get might get more than Seager, right and then you look back and say what a great job by Correa but as of right now he's got 3 years and 35 million that he can keep opting yep. into it's not as good as 10 years and 35 million every single year so i do think carlos correa a small loser in this scenario not nearly as big as the astros coming up next q joins the show <laughs> you know I, you, you see that pause i tried to think of something to say yeah it was exciting and and I and I've I think I've sacked Russell Wilson more than I've sacked anyone. But Russell's a great friend of mine. I guess I'll say that to him actually. I'll FaceTime him and call him now. Um, but he's a great friend of mine, and like I said, he's a he's a competitor and he's a hell of a player. Um, even having the opportunity to play against him uh, twice a year will be fun. But uh, he thought he can get away from me leaving, but uh, I'm right here with him again. So that's going to be fun to get after him a little bit. We're back to the press box with Grainy and Bischoff. You can hear him over on Raider Nation Radio, two to four on unnecessary roughness. Well, wait, Q, let me do it this way. I'll just let you tell us because I think you're on the radio more hours than you're not on the radio on a daily basis. <laughs> Where, when else are you on the radio today? Man, I'm just, I think today it's only two to four on Raider Nation Radio. <laughs> I think today is like an off day, right? I only have to do a couple hours and then I'm good because you're right, man. I think I've been on the radio. Actually, I was on the radio more this last week for ESPN National than I was on my show every day on Raider Nation Radio 920. So there you go. That's a lot of Raider talk. That's a lot of talk in general. <laughs> that's just, I like to talk. You guys know, I, hey, I'm one of those that like to talk a lot. But, man, even after I wrapped up last night, I thought, man, 
can you take a little bit of break? Can you shut it down a little bit? So <laughs> there you go. All right. <laughs> they trade for Devontae Adams. Is it fair to put Super Bowl expectations on this team? Um, that's hard to do. It's just put Super Bowl expectations. But I mean, why not? Why, you know, why not? And look, I'm not by any means saying that they're going to be in the Super Bowl or even hosting the Super Bowl next year. I just think that with what you've done, you expect a lot, you know, and I think that now there's no kind of excuse that Derek Carr will have as far as, and not him himself, he's not going to come out and say anything, but his fans will come out and say, he hasn't had any weapons, he doesn't have this, that, and the other. Okay, you got Devontae Adams, you got Darren Waller, you got Hunter Redfro. If you can't make it work at some point and, and figure it out in the red zone, then now no longer is it them, it's you. So I think that they just kind of uh, leveled the playing field in the AFC West, and it's going to be a, uh, a juggernaut and a dogfight each and every game, which will be a lot of fun for us to cover. Okay, uh, we have uh, Devontae Adams probably coming in for a press conference this week. Is there also a press conference with Derek Carr? Like, he seems to be, I know they have other guys visiting, and the horse Stephon Gilmore and everything's out there, but when does this thing get done, you think? You know, that's, that's a good question, and I, I think it, it would be something that they would try to do. It seems like the, the Raiders are trying to be, not, I don't want to say cute or anything, but I feel like they're they're trying to be a little bit more creative. Like when they gave Crosby his contract, it was ninety eight point ninety eight million or whatever. You know what I mean? Like they they did it to go with his number. I think I wouldn't be shocked at all if they announced a Derek Carr extension and a Devontae Adams introduction to the the media at the same time and have them both sitting there. I wouldn't be shocked at all. But unless it's going to get wrapped up really quick, fast, in a hurry, I think you know it might not happen like that because Devontae Adams, I would assume is going to get introduced either today or tomorrow, I would think. Uh, I, I believe he's already in town. They sent out the official you know, notice that the trade went through and everything, so I'm assuming that everything's already been done and taken care of. So is he just in town chilling at his new crib, or is he – you know what I mean? <laughs> so that's kind of my question, but I, it, it did run go through my mind for a little while, like, you know what, these guys might try to you know, present them to the media both at the same time. Car kid's going to be pissed if they would say, okay, we're going by your number. You're getting $4 million a year. <laughs> for three, that, that, that's right? what's guaranteed. Thirty, but we're guaranteeing four. Let's go. All quarterbacks start wearing ninety-nine. Yes, exactly. right. You got to honor the number here. That's the plan around here. All right. So, I, I hold on. I want another question for you, expectation-wise. What do you think is more realistic for this upcoming season for the Raiders? They, well, I'll say play in the Super Bowl, or they finish fourth in the AFC West. Well, I think more realistic they finish fourth in the AFC West. I mean, you know, I just—it's hard for me to. Uh, put a team in the Super Bowl that hasn't made it past the first round of the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's really hard. Even though I know that it's a new regime and new players, but, you know, it's it's hard for me to pencil any team in the Super Bowl. And really, it's very hard for me to pencil a team in the Super Bowl in this division. I'll tell you this, and I know Jared won't like this, I don't think <laughs> Kansas City is the clear-cut favorite in the division anymore, you know, and I don't think that that's really breaking news, but I don't think that they're the clear-cut favorite. Matter of fact, they might actually – especially defensively, have a little bit of a, a, you know, they might get a run for their money this year, you know, between Denver and the Chargers and what the Raiders are doing. They might they might all push Kansas City a little bit more than they've been pushing a while. They're all going to go like 9 and 8, aren't they? We're, right. Like, like, we're all going to be like, they're all really good, we think, but they're all 9-win teams, and it's just a nightmare. Exactly, exactly. You know, and depending on how it all shakes out, man, I mean, you could see. I, I feel confident saying you're going to see two teams in the in the playoffs, but there's a good shot that you see three teams out of the AFC West actually make the playoffs. And I'll say this: the Devontae Adams trade says you make the playoffs. If you don't make the playoffs, that's a fail. No, and, and and look, go make some noise while you're in the playoffs too. 
I think that they have to at least do that for this to be considered a, a success. But uh, after that, I, I mean, all bets are off. After that, you just got to get to the playoffs to be able to do anything. So we broke down the Adams contract this morning, and only 22 guaranteed the first. Seemed like it was a great contract for the for the Raiders, at least early on. And if Carr goes two or three years, uh, we asked the question this morning: like, is this a three year window? Like, you know, what what do you really right. think in terms of how much the window's open now? I, I would think that that's right about the the, the number three. It's got to be about a three year window. You know, go get it done. And I think that Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler and company, I don't think that they go to the Raiders unless they think they have an opportunity to win. They have a plan in place, and they think that they could win. Again, there's I mean, hey, in March, if you could win Super Bowls in March, you know, the Raiders would have a bunch of Lombardis in the trophy because they've done that uh, multiple years. Uh, but this one, they, they have an opportunity, I do believe, to, to make some noise. So I think that they have that little three-year window where they've got to find a way to get it done. You know, it seems like they put everything into building around this quarterback, building around the team that they have, and, and Josh McDaniels has to go out there and execute it. And what I love about the Devontae Adams acquisition is not just because he's wide receiver number one, but you know how successful he is in the red zone. And, Ed, you know, and Tyler, you do as well, the Raiders have stunk in the red zone. I mean, they are great between the 20s. I mean, straight up, they are the best 20-20 to team uh, ever. But, man, once they get into the red zone, they stink. And so to be able to have Devontae Adams, who just has that nose for the end zone, that should help in a major way and stop them from throwing the ball sideways and start throwing it into the end zone to score touchdowns. They're they're throwing it to the sidelines and expecting a guy to make six or break six tackles to get to the end zone, man. No, just let that guy cook on the outside, throw him the rock, and let him score. Like, that's how you got to go get it done. So, hopefully, that's the plan for the team moving forward, and then that will really show Devontae Adams' work. So, the Raiders' defense, it got better last year under Gus Bradley. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, whole new coaching staff. They go out and make the acquisition uh, to get Chandler Jones. There's Rock Yassin in as, in as well. How much better do you think this defense is? Are we talking about a top half defense or is this still going to be a bottom half defense that the offense needs to carry a little bit throughout the year? You know, I think that right now the way it's constructed, I think that the offense is still going to have to carry it. I think that the defense is about on, on, on par with what it was last year, but that wasn't good enough. I mean, it, it showed that the Raiders could field a decent defense. And I do think that the defense last year, kept them in a lot of games and gave them opportunities to win them late as they had six walk-offs. But we all know that their defense needs to be better. They need to create turnovers. I think that's something that we should see more of this year. They, they'll have a, a knack for helping create turnovers, and that's something that they have to do uh, to get a lot better. I think Chandler Jones and Max Crosby are going to be uh, nice bookends from each other on the defensive line, but they still need some pressure up the gut. They still need a lockdown corner. Maybe that's a Stephon Gilmore. Maybe Rocky Sin steps up. I, I don't know. I think he's a good depth piece right now, you know, as, as the trade went down. I think he's good to go out there and compete. Uh, I think that they just still, still need a few extra pieces to really solidify that. They need another safety to go along with uh, Trayvon Merrick because we all know Jonathan Abram is not the guy that you want to have out there in, uh, in coverage. He's just he's going to get eaten alive. He's going to get as much money taken from him. So you've you got to put him in a better position to succeed, like at the linebacker position down in the box uh, like he did last year under Gus Bradley. So I think that they've got a, a, a still a ways to go, but the good thing is it's only March, like I mentioned, and, and they still have some free agent moves that they can make. And, of course, the draft doesn't start for them until round three, but they still have the draft as well. So uh, there's still a lot of construction. This defense has to be better than it was last year if they want to take that next step. Yeah, finally, uh, that's you mentioned the one guy that has not been mentioned a lot with his, with his uh, John Abram uh, as all these other moves are made. It does seem like they better make a, a move at safety. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and I know that the Honey Badger's kind of been 
uh, talked about as a possibility. I don't know if that's in the cards. I thought Logan Ryan would have been a great fit, but he ends up going with Tampa Bay. Uh, I wonder why. You know, there's a guy named Tom Brady who decided to return, and who's not going to go want to play with him? Uh, you know, there, there's some guys out there. Also, the, the draft is pretty deep in, in the secondary, so maybe they go get a guy there. But Jonathan Abrams not the fit. You know, we just know that. And if they have any kind of issues with admitting that, then that's the problem. They, they have to know that he's not the guy for that too high safety look. I mean, they've got to go get a playmaker uh, there at that safety position. So they, they need to address that. I don't know when they're going to address it or, or how they're going to address it, but it has to be done. So really what I've been saying for Raider fans is the wish list should be right now before the draft happens, they at least go get a veteran corner and a veteran offensive lineman. Those are the two musts that they have to get. And then at some point you have to address that safety position. If it's in the draft, it's in the draft. If it's uh, in free agency, it's in free agency. But that has to be addressed, no doubt about it. He is Q. Again, Raider Nation Radio, Unnecessary Roughness, 2 to 4 p.m., and then probably six other places throughout the end of the week. Uh, Q, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks, Q. Appreciate you. Hey, thank you, guys. Make you doing what you do. Appreciate it. I have a question for you real quick. How many teams think they can win the Super Bowl this year right now? Think they can? Yeah. I'd have to go Tampa Bay, the Rams. Is there like 15? I mean, there's a ton probably that they think they think they can. Right. They yeah. think they can win that, that legitimately think they, think they can, can yeah. win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like three teams in the NFC West, four teams, four teams in the, in the AFC, AFC West. It's seven. That's seven, and we haven't, haven't gotten got to Tampa Bay and to others. The central or eastern part of the country. Right. It, easiest thing to do. Let's invert the question. <laughs> what teams are definitely not winning the Super Bowl the this Texans. year? The Texans. The Texans, Seattle, probably unless something happens soon, the Colts. Yes. <laughs> And Panthers, Car- Carolina, yeah, no, I know. I, I, Jacksonville. I bet, I bet the Colts think they're going to win it. Okay, fair they enough. Win it. Like, All right, they so think we're going to get. Right now, we're at twenty nine teams. Yeah, All right. twenty nine teams <laughs> thinks they can win it. Greatest sport in the United States. All right, we've got tickets to go see Megadeth Saturday, April 9th at Michelob Ultra Arena. Phone number 702-364-1100. We'll take caller number 7 at 702-364-1100. You'll win a pair of tickets to go see Megadeth at Michelob Ultra Arena. 702-364-1100. I can't separate the fact that um, we weren't able to get this win, you know, with me accomplishing that because at the end of the day, you know, all I care about is wins and losses. And, um, you know, obviously at some point I'll be able to look back and look back at this moment. But right now the feeling I have, I can't separate it. An average team without a lot of heart might have just drifted into the sunset. And I thought they reached down and uh, in Mike Krzyzewski fashion and did an unbelievable job of uh, kind of taking it at us and we just didn't have enough left. You're locked in the press box. Uh, the NBA exists? Listen, I love the NBA, but for the last four days, that sport doesn't exist. They should take four days off. Yeah. Okay, so I played that because I literally was like, what milestone? I just saw the audio that was that said LeBron hit a personal milestone. What Did I miss something? He passed, passed Carl Malone. Malone oh, okay. He's now the number two all-time scorer score. in the NBA. Good for him. He should have done do it in April. <laughs> <laughs> should have. You're right. I agree. Uh, and not during the final four of the national championship, just any other day. So Do it in February. Yeah. That's what it is. Uh, so Ben Goats is at uh, morning skate for the Golden Knights. Yeah, he is. And Jack Eichel is not on the ice. Well, he wasn't. No, he, yeah, he wasn't in any of the rushes. Yeah. So I assume he's not on the ice. Uh, ben tweeted out the top line of Colasar, Stevenson, and Wah. Wow. 
You know who could beat that top line? <laughs> Mark Andre Fleury. But he's not playing tonight. He's a backup to Cam Talbot. You know who might like who would be good on that top line? Mark Andre Fleury. Yes. Uh Colasar also skated with the fourth line. Yeah. So maybe double duty. Maybe it's Eichel. Maybe Eichel is going to play on the top line right. and Colasar is he just simply missed it. he just missed the practice. Filling in for him there. Colasar's the scout for like he's yeah. the he's the He's the only he's the only other healthy body. Like they don't they don't even have enough guys to make another healthy body there. He's got to skate twice. That's ridiculous. So maybe Jack Eichel plays tonight. Yeah, maybe he's just taking the morning off. Maybe he doesn't. We'll see. Or maybe it's Keegan Colasar. They just is keep double shifting Colasar the entire, the entire game. game. That would be great. Just one guy. They don't rotate it through. <laughs> no, it's just, just like Colasar. Keegan, you're playing. playing. You're up. Let's <laughs> go. Oh, line change, Keegan. Stay out there. <laughs> you know, he starts skating to the bit. No, no, no. no. Not you. Allowed. Not you. Get, get, get back. Go score a goal or something. Why? You act like yeah. you're tired or whatever. Man. Well, if, I was skating all morning. If they're t- there's no way their top line is Colasar Steven. No. Man. Okay. Okay. No, here's where I go. Wait a minute. This doesn't. I'm just thinking out loud. The well, second Stevenson. line that, the second line Ben tweeted out is Carlson at left wing, Jake LeCision at center, and Jonathan Marcheseau at center. That's where Eichel goes. Oh, I thought you'd bump Stevenson down and he'd go. Eichel would go to the top line. No. But who would who would be with him? Carlson and Marcheseau. Well, in your scenario, it would be Colasar and Well, Wah. that's the thing, yeah. <laughs> but I, I have to imagine it's where Jake LeCision is slotted in as the center between Carlson and Marcheseau. Because here's the thing. You wouldn't play Carlson at left wing. Unless he was playing with Eichel, if Carlson's right. not playing with Eichel, right. Carlson is a center. He's center. He's not play. He's not a. He's not a winger for any okay. other center besides Eichel. So if Carlson was on a left wing during a line rush, I have to imagine Jake Lecision is filling in for Jack Eichel. Uh, Willie Ramirez says it would be great, but has Eichel been taken off the ice because he's being traded? <laughs> Tell Jack. Ben to tweet that. <laughs> Tell Ben to tweet, Jack Eichel's not on the ice. I have to wonder <laughs> if he's take, being moved. You know, he came out here for stretching, and all of a sudden Pete said, oh, you got to come out. We need to we need to talk to you in the elevator. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Either that or wait five minutes and read something on Twitter. Do you have a Twitter account? Because guys, there's going to be something out there. Do you guys remember when they traded um, Oscar Lindbergh? And he stayed on the ice, taking, like, practicing after practice was over by himself and... Everyone else knew he had been. Media was yes, watching him, yes, knowing he had been he traded. traded. I think it was William Carlson had to come out and yes. be like, "Hey, Oscar, come over here. You got traded." Yes, yeah, <laughs> I do remember that. Everyone knew before him. The fans didn't make as big a deal out of it as they did Mark Andre Fleury. What's wrong no. with Oscar Limber? You don't feel sorry for that guy? No, apparently not. His fans, man, I tell you, Oscar Limber should have tweeted a picture with a yes, sword in with his a sword back. in the back. With the media, Delon's name at that. Oh, or the media. You're right. You guys didn't tell me. You let me skate around like an idiot. You're up there watching me, like tweeting as I skate around. (laughs) So trade deadline is at noon today. We're just over two hours away from that. Uh, Let's make a prediction as the show ends here. Let's see. At 10:05, Riley Smith will be dealt to Calgary, (laughs) and uh, Matthias Janmark will be dealt to San Jose, and then uh, yeah, nothing will happen. Uh, Do they make a move before the deadline? I'm going to say yes, because like Dave Shane said, I don't think they can help themselves. I don't know if it'll be a big one, but they're like right now, McPhee sitting there sweating bullets. I'm like, George, the air conditioning's on. He's like, I, I, I'm sorry. I got to do something. I got to do something. 
Do they technically still owe Tatar money? Because maybe they just trade back for <laughs> No, I think that came off. Oh, I think that came right. off. This is the first year it came off the books, which maybe that's the problem. The first year Tatar's salary's off the books, they can't make the playoffs? How would they even... McCrimmon's holding this press conference. How would they even hold a press conference if they don't do, if anything? They don't do anything? What would he be saying? State of the team? I mean, if they don't make a move, I guess you. I guess he might get asked, did you consider moving the unrestricted free agents? But if they don't make a move, every single question is going to be about, be about injuries, right? What else is there to ask? Every that? single you thing say, is going to be about yeah, everything's going to be like you obviously think everyone's coming back, right? I so, mean, or you would have done something. But you're right. If they don't do anything, he's holding a press conference today. If they don't do he's, anything, it's going to be a little conference. weird. <laughs> he's not even going to talk up like a new player they got. That'll be strange.